You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome, 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 everyone. And welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast. Martin Root. Martin is the author of Project Heaven on Earth. And this is going to be a very, very interesting conversation because it's something that I truly am excited about. Um, And I'm so glad that you found me. (laughs) I'm so, so glad that you found me. I literally almost fell off the bed when I, I was reading your email. Um, because it's a concept that it feels so like we, we get that moments of bliss of heaven, but very, very small. It's not sustainable or it's not something that we focus on. It's just something we go to whenever maybe there's a stressful situation or we have a celebration, right? It's, but it's, it's so far away. Um, but what I love about your project and what I was trying to do before my mom passed away last month was to really anchor in heaven on earth for me on a daily basis. And really just just whatever I do every moment intending heaven on earth in the way I'm thinking, in the way I'm feeling, in the way I'm being, in the way I'm relating to people. So that was the intention. And then of course my mom (laughs) passed away and it brought me to a place of loss. I think I just wanna bring up right away that even in great loss, in great devastation, in the deconstruction that we are uh, witnessing right now, heaven is available and you are gonna show us how. Welcome to Soul Power to the People podcast, Martin Root. Thank you, Tess. First of all, my condolences to you and your family. May your mother rest in peace and may you all be comforted as you go through this period. And may her may her memory be a, continue being a blessing. Thank you. And I feel her memory actually like in me is ever since she died on my birthday. So mm. I felt a merge right there that where it's like, I don't even know where I start and, and, and it's because now she's really in me because I think I was talking to you, Martin, about how my mom uh, is a good, was she still is very much present in me so if i flip-flop forgive me but she's very devout uh catholic and she she really instilled in us the love and faithfulness in god and the heaven part i didn't see but what but when in my own journey i refused the suffering it's like that's like I, i don't think suffering was ever necessary. But I saw my mom's life as a sacrifice, a self-sacrificing as, and, and I, and it, my whole life was about reconciling that. Like if we believed in a God that she believed in, then why is suffering still necessary? So did that make sense? It made total sense. Yes. so yeah, her memory does live in me and then it moves, it continues, it expands, it blossoms into more because I'm taking her love and faith in God 
taking that further, and you're going to share us practical tips on your uh, book project, Heaven on Earth. But share a little bit about yourself. Why did you come to uh, the show today? And yeah, what what is it about crimes against humanity that you would like to be a part of? <laughs> Or, or speak about, not be part of. <laughs> not be a part of, but I mean, the part of the enlightenment, the part of the raising awareness on the crimes against humanity so we can rise above it. That's what I meant. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm a management consultant. I've worked with large companies, Sony Pictures, Southern California Edison, Marion Merrill Dow, Consumer Pharmaceuticals. I've spoken four times on vision at the Harvard Business School. I'm co-author of the New York Times business bestseller, Chicken Soup for the Soul at Work, <clears throat> with sales of over 1.1 million copies and translations into 15 languages. Uh, and so, and it wasn't always like that. I, I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, which is like Pittsburgh. It's a steel city where grand visions were really never part of daily life. So I decided to dedicate my life to helping you achieve beyond what you believe possible. So my work really at its depth has been about helping people and organizations discover their vision beyond what they believe is possible and move into that arena. And so years ago, I was thinking about that and I thought, well, wait a minute, I'm not really happy with the state of the world right now. There's some major, major issues going on. Today we have the global pandemic, we have a global environmental issue, we have the threat of nuclear weapons, all of those which are potential humanity erasers. They're not just fights between two countries or two groups of people. They, they have the potential, God forbid, of wiping us out. So we've begun to look at new ways of what's the story of being a human and what's the story of being humanity that are different from those. So I was at a, speaking at a spirituality and work conference about 25, 30 years ago in Santa Fe, and I was just about ready to go on to do my talk, sitting by myself, just meditating, contemplating, and I thought, if every business in the world is spiritual, is that what you want? And I said, no, if we could transform business, because business is the temporal power in the world, then we could transform the world. And then this thought popped into my mind, Tess, oh, you mean heaven on earth. My first reaction was, Oh my God, you can't say that. You can't talk about heaven on earth, right? And my then I thought, but wait a minute, I can talk to you about hell on earth. All the hells on earth are permissible conversations. Why can't we talk about heaven on earth? So that opened this whole inquiry. And I began going around to people saying, what's heaven on earth? What's heaven on earth? I, I really, I didn't have an idea in mind about what it was. I wanted to see what the lay of the land was. And the way I do kind of research like that is I go talk to people and I ask, what's heaven on earth? What's heaven on earth? What's heaven on earth? And that inquiry lasted years until the lay of the land began to, to, to come into, and you talked about my book. So Project Heaven on Earth came out of that inquiry. So let me just stop there a second, because I'll, I'll tell you where the inquiry went, but that's enough just in terms of introduction, I think. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I have your book, uh, Dr. Terry Morse, one of the very first uh, guest uh, speakers here, spent, as you know, like seven minutes uh, talking about <laughs> your book and how to bring in heaven on earth in a time 
and place such as this that you talk about global pandemic. And I love, I wanna highlight what you said there, uh, humanity erasures. I've, I've never heard it said that way, but your explanation of the possibility, oh my God, it's terrifying to even think it, of wiping humanity. And, and that is exactly the premise of the show is what are this crimes against humanity that's dumbing down our consciousness so that we do not ever feel into the frequency of heaven. Why is that? And so, yeah, and so I'm inviting guests like you to just point us to the direction, okay, where are we being robbed of our right to heaven? And why do we have to die first? And why do we have to prove that we are worthy first? Because we already are. <laughs> you're, you're doing the interview for me. That's exactly my, my concerns too, or my, and my thoughts. Why, you know, so one of the things I began to look at it initially was, I said, heaven on earth, so what's heaven? And most people think of heaven, if they do think about it, but most people think about heaven as after death, right? Up there, where God and the angels are, but not here, not now. And that assumption astounded me. Where does it say that we can't have heaven on earth? Where does it say that we have to have the hells on earth? You know, you talked, I did a little research here before this talk because I was, uh, this interview, I was very interested in the notions of crimes against humanity. And I don't know if anyone's talked about this, but do you know that the International Criminal Court, I'm reading here, has crimes against humanity incorporated in its jurisdiction? So what, what would they be? Things like murder, extermination, enslavement, torture, forcible transfer of populations, imprisonment, rape, persecution apartheid. These are widespread attacks against a civilian population. Now, these crimes against humanity shock the conscience of mankind. We would hear about Hitler and what he did, or Mao against the, uh, you know, in the uh, Great Leap Forward, when he wiped out millions of people, or Stalin, or North Korea now, or some of the stuff <clears throat> against the Uyghurs in China. What you're talking about here, what we're talking about, is not a crime against humanity in that sense, in that evil, evil sense, but also crimes against humanities can offend the moral sensibility. And it's that that I want to talk about. It's not legal, but it's moral. And what is the moral sensibility? Well, the moral sensibility is that we've been kicked out of the garden, out of paradise, out of heaven, that's when humanity experienced heaven, whether you believe that story or not. That myth is either, a, it's a myth for you, a story or an actual fact, but it's so important. It so defines how the West thinks about Western Abrahamic religions, think about heaven. We were kicked out. And then John Milton wrote a book called Paradise Lost. Lost. We can't find it. I think that the moral outrage is that humanity thinks that we've been kicked out and can never go back in. So yes, life can get better. You know, we can, we can work on ending uh, hunger or poverty or war. We can get less and less of them. But we don't think about, all right, the end of war, the end of cancer. I, I was in an intention prayer session on Monday for several people about cancer. And I was sitting there thinking, wait a minute. In addition to we want no cancer for these people, we want no cancer in the world. And so I said, wait a minute, why don't we also add the intention that there, that cancer is gone? It's history. MD Anderson, actually, Cancer Hospital in Houston, 
Their theme is making cancer history, which I love. So there are more and more organizations thinking about ending a suffering. That ending of a suffering confronts what you talked about earlier, that we have to have suffering in the world. We've had sufferings, I realize that. And, but do we continually have to have it? A friend of mine asked yesterday um, on, on a pre-interview, well, what happens if we have no hunger, no war? I mean, we'll be bored, there'll be nothing left to do. And I said, but think about that for a moment. You're saying in effect that we have to have hunger, we have to have war, because we don't know what we're gonna do when they're gone. No, <laughs> let's get rid of them completely and then let's discover what's next as humanity. I don't know what that is. We don't know. I, I, my sense is it's about our greatness. You know, we've looked at individual greatness, but what about the greatness of humanity? We've too long humanity's been thought of as a victim. Yeah, we don't yeah. know what that looks like. And it's going to take people like you, soul-powered leaders, as I call it, really creating this new space, new reality where heaven is possible. And in fact, heaven is here right now. So it only takes an awareness for that to switch on. Yes. And then we align our intention with that. We align our actions with that. And then next thing you know, and then that's what I was doing in the beginning of the year is just really anchoring in, make it possible so that when people talk to me about it, it's it's not something that I made up in my mind, but it's something that I'm actually experiencing more and more and more and more each day. And it grows and it grows and it grows because we kick out the old reality and install in new reality. And that's what you are doing uh, with your book, with your work, and it's beautiful. And uh, I honor you and acknowledge you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, okay, so why is it a crime? Why is lying to us that we have to die in order to go to heaven? Why is that a crime? It's Let's call it a moral outrage rather than a crime because a crime implies intent. I know that I'm going to I'm going to rob the bank. I know I'm going to hold up this person and steal their money. Mm -hmm. So there's intent. I don't think there's intent here to be asleep and to be uh, to think of ourselves as outside of heaven. Okay. I think there's a, a sleepness. Uh, 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 we're asleep, and it's time to wake a up. Asleepness, yeah. And and that's the thing. Don't you think complicitness, complicity, is also a crime? If you're aware. I think most people are not aware uh -huh. that we can experience and we can co-create more heaven on earth. That's and what refusal to wake up and, and just ignoring the fact that there's something going on in the world that, that's not, that's the moral obligation that you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. This is much more than even a good idea. Because as Tess just said, we have to have, uh, we have to declare it. The, the, the way you start a new story, and what I'm saying is that heaven on earth is the new story of what it means to be a human and what it means to be humanity. The way you start a new story is by declaration, by saying so. That's how I began. I, I said, okay, we're going to have heaven on earth. I had no idea how we're going to do that. But I took the first step and then the next step and then the next step. And now here I am doing this podcast with Tess. When you make that declaration, if you choose to, if when you make the declaration, and, and Tess, you did it brilliantly, when you make the declaration, this is heaven on earth and I'm, co I'm a co-creator of it, then you begin to look for opportunities to make more of that occur. And you look for ways that are experiences that say to you, prove to you, this is a heaven on earth experience. 
you know, my, the, the, a lovely music came on this morning and my wife was kind of dancing. I went, wait a minute. And I just walked over her and we started dancing <laughs> to this lovely music from Capo Verde, which was wonderful. Um, so you can start looking to create heaven on earth experiences. So the declaration comes first. And then, Tess, you did it brilliantly. After the declaration, you start to look for and you start to make ways that demonstrate that this is in fact showing up. Oh, then yeah. The, then the Not third phase is you cause alignment. Others come to you and go, oh, wait a minute. This is more than possible. Heaven on earth is actually happening. Go ahead, Tess. Yeah. When I started with that, I actually, it was around this time last year. Well, um, actually in January, because I have the monthly trainings that I call soul power trainings. And so if we are soul powered leaders that I am envisioning, right? We are soul powered leaders. Okay. Yeah. And how do we create that, that new reality where everyone is soul powered, where we are whole beings rather than operating from hurt and fear and shame and blame and judgment. So I was, uh, I was, um, in that process of creating that distinction between soul power and fear power. And so right. I asked, how can we create heaven on earth where there's so much suffering among children? There's poverty, there's this and that. And I was having a hard time even transforming my language into something that I could envision because all I could see was the suffering, was the hurt, was what was wrong in the world where, okay, then, child sex trafficking how, how how do we how can i look at the world from a child sex trafficking to heaven it's like whoo, a big jump and that's exactly what happened is all these things got revealed to me everything that is separating us from our wholeness and from our heaven and all these things the poisoning in the food the poisoning in the air the poisoning of our children's mind the raping of our children and, and the dumbing down of consciousness so that we are relying on pharmaceuticals rather than experiencing how our body is naturally intelligent to support us, our immune system. And then <laughs> uh, last year, I'm like, okay, that's enough focusing on crimes against humanity. I really want to put a shine on how we can practically bring heaven into our experience. Because when we experience it, then we can talk about it. And I've had glimpses and glimpses and glimpses, many, 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 so that the radiance and joy is more my normal than, you know, than something that I strive for. It's so brand new. It's like, it's so brand new in you, our pioneer of, of this, what I call soul powered leaders, where we're bringing heaven on earth. So yeah, um, yes, intention, and then everything that's out of alignment with that intention comes up. Oh, well, oh my God, it was overwhelming. And and um, that's why I created this podcast, Crimes Against Humanity. Well, let me address two points. <clears throat> One is, let's look at um, child sex trafficking as a suffering in the world that when you address any suffering that really hurts your soul, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Now, one way to react to that is going, oh my God, it's overwhelming it's too big i can't do anything boom you're overwhelmed overwhelm is an act of arrogance because overwhelm is about you i'm overwhelmed is child sex trafficking going on? yeah but but i'm overwhelmed 
Yeah, yeah, but is it going on? Yeah, but I'm overwhelmed. So it's all about I'm overwhelmed. It's all about me. Instead of saying, all right, I'm helping co-create heaven on earth. One of the sufferings for me that really hurts my soul is child sex trafficking. One of the things that we have to end to have more heaven on earth is that suffering. What's one simple little action I can take today that will help in that? Start a Facebook group, donate to a group that's already working on it, but something that gives you the uh, authority and the sense of movement that rather than being overwhelmed, which does neither them nor you any good, you're saying, here it is. I don't like it. I'm going to face it, this evil right in the face, and I am going to take the simple action that I can today, now, to begin to end that. That's a total contextual shift on the same suffering. Okay, on the so same suffering. Yeah. 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 And how do you not take it personally? No, I think you do take it personally. I think you take it very personally. It hurts your soul, that suffering. But the reaction then, once you take it personally, then what action do you take? Well, you could say, I'm overwhelmed. There's nothing that I can do. Or, it hurts, my, yeah, or okay. it hurts my soul deeply. And here is what I'm going to do in the next 24 hours. Ah, I love that. I love that distinction. It should yeah. hurt your soul. It, it should hurt your soul. Yeah. It absolutely should hurt your soul. All right, so that's the first point I want to make. The second point is, so how do we begin to do that? So what I did test was I kept going around looking at people and asking people, what's heaven on earth, what's heaven on earth? And then that got distilled down to three questions, which I we didn't talk about this, but with your permission, I want to ask you. And I want those people listening to this to answer the question for themselves. So you're willing? Yeah, I am willing. Okay. Question number one, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth, what was going on? Ooh. You, the most recent one? Any. Okay. So my mom, oh my God, you're going to make me cry. My mom passed away on my birthday. She passed away on the evening and, and I didn't have it in me to celebrate my birthday. Usually I don't let my birthday go without celebrating it, but there was no energy, uh, none. You know, I wasn't sad, I wasn't anything, but it was just, I was just aware of just, just dullness, numbness, heaviness. So three days later, on the third day, he rose again, right? Three days later, finally, I felt like something jolted me back to life. There was energy, I was popping, I was, you know, there was the, the impulse to, to do something. And I was like, what do I do? Okay, I'm going to take mom to dinner. So we went to half hour we she and i just me and her we went to a restaurant i'm, I'm confused here she had passed away she or had not? passed she had okay. passed but in my mind i you said okay <laughs> since you died on my birthday we're celebrating today and i'm taking you just you and me i know it's crazy to other people i get it <laughs> <laughs> but it was i was talking to her the whole time and her name is rose i'm going to cut the story short her name is rose I went to the restaurant and said, uh, just serve us your best meal. Oh. Minutes later, my steak came with a rose. How is that possible? And I asked, is that your signature? Do you leave a piece of rose on every dish? And said, no, it's your birthday. We're just trying to make it 
special. And oh my God, that realization that my mom was actually there, not just in my thoughts, but how did the, the chef know to put a rose there? That was heaven to me. I still have the rose in the fridge. So that was, that was a pure sign of heaven for me. Very clear. Very clear. All right. Second question. I'm going to come back to the questions in a moment. Here's a magic wand. And with this wand, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth? It's connection, deep connection to self, deep connection to source. It's source of self. It's deep connection to creation, um, creating what it is that we intend and physicalizing it. That's heaven for me. Mm -hmm. And the heaven, the bliss, the the, the uh, higher frequencies of joy, abundance that are kept from us when we are in fear mind. Very clear. And the third question, what simple, easy, concrete step will you take in the next 24 hours to have more of that? Well, I am always blissed out and in my joy and fueled when I'm talking about these things. And I'm actually <laughs> doing a workshop tonight on opening up our energy system so we can reconcile heaven on earth. So it's the thing that I'm doing, <laughs> whether or not people are listening. <laughs> I'm just doing it because it gives me joy. And it's it's where heaven is for me. It's 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 right there. I'm home. Very good. So let's go through them. First question, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth. What you did is answer the question, going to the restaurant and the rose being on the steak. What you didn't do is say, Martin, what do you mean by heaven on earth? Oh, the heaven, yeah. The vast majority of people, 99.9% .9 of people, when I ask, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth, they answer the question. Well, how do you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> I didn't define it, but you know. There's what I call an already knowing about heaven within you. And when I say, when I ask the question, where's, recall a time when you experienced heaven on earth, boom, the incident comes back. Second question. Here's a magic wand, and with it, you can have heaven on earth. What's heaven on earth? And you went very instantly to it. It's connection and, and having more of that in the world. The purpose of a magic wand is to remove the necessity of having to know how you're going to do it. And so if you don't have to know how, you can go purely into the what. We do know what heaven on earth is with, for us. And then the third question, I want you to actually get engaged with this. I want you to do something, take an action, but it has to be a simple, easy, concrete action that you know that you will take either a new action or an old action, one that you're already planning in this new context of heaven on earth. Mm -hmm. So what that does is it says the three questions. A, you have had an experience of heaven on earth. B, you do know what heaven on earth is for you. And C, you can take a simple action. You will take a simple action in the next 24 hours to begin making that real. How All of that in answer to your question, how do we make this real? Yeah. How, do, how many people have you interviewed to date since you started this project? Thousands. I, I, I mean, so, I don't count. Yeah, lots. <laughs> so so you, you, you're, what you're telling me is people really know that there is heaven. Here. Yeah. There's heaven here, here on earth. Yes. So people have a knowing of it. That's that's what you said, right? 
an already knowing. It's that knowing is already there. And these questions just pop it to the surface of awareness. So let's talk about what the crime is, whether intentional or unintentional, because that, that, that's, you know, whether we know it or unknowingly perpetuating crimes against humanity. I know you have a, a problem with the word crime, but this is my show. <laughs> well, then I don't have a problem. <laughs> but the crime is, or, or the moral obligation, as you call it, is if we deny that knowing and we program people with so much lies and deception that heaven is not achievable right here, right now. What is the danger? What is the harm? What are we robbing humanity of? We're robbing humanity of the knowing of its greatness, that humanity can now and is beginning now, and I'm gonna give you some examples in a moment, co-creating heaven on earth, is experiencing heaven on earth. In the same way that once you made that declaration, you started to see more and more of it, the same for me. I'm starting to see more and more of it every day. It's coming up. It's, and I, I'm moving away from news. I used to be a news heroin addict. You know, now no news until 5 p.m. Fabulous. Cleans out my mind. And so it also perpetuates all the suffering in the world, all the evil, all the pain, which is unnecessary. That's the point. Yeah. You know, the, my book, Project Heaven on Earth, was is dedicated rather to a young girl. I was in a in a home for starving children in uh, Brazil, in a, a city called Fortaleza. There was this young girl, 12 years old. The, the purpose of this organization is to help feed starving children. I mean, we see it on TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you see it live, when you see a starving child, you never forget that. This is a 12-year-old girl who had come into this facility. She was catatonic because she'd been physically abused by, I hate to tell you this, by cigarette burns all over her body. Mm -hmm. And so I went to kind of touch her hand or hold her. And, you know, she recoiled and mm -hmm. there was a little like uh, um, bear there, a little toy bear. And I tried to give her that. She, she, you know, recoiled again. So I got that, you know, don't make any moves toward in her direction. And all I could do was think in my mind and send her thoughts and say, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is terrible. You know, we're going to do something about this. We are going to end this kind of suffering and evil in the world. I actually have the thought, Tess, that I could have killed the person who did that. I mean, I would never do that, but it was the first time I actually had the thought I could kill somebody for this because it was so horrific. My knees buckled. I could barely walk out of that room. My friend saw me, got really worried. He could see what, what that girl had done to me. What, what the person who, yeah, who did that to her. So there is this unnecessary suffering and pain that's going on in the world because we, we have believed unconsciously that we can't have heaven here. And what you and I and a growing number of people, I looked at Google yesterday, we're doing this in mid-March of 2021. If you go on Google and put in the phrase in quotes, heaven on earth, 2020, you'll get about 4.3 million results. If you put in, in quotes, heaven on earth, 2021, you'll get 13.5 million, almost three, more than three times the growth of the entirety of last year in the first two and a half months of this year. Something is going on underneath the surface of the, all the tumult all the storm that's going on the, on the sea of, of culture. Something very profound is going on. 
I believe that too. I believe that too. Yeah. Except when, when you know, the, with the personal suffering, I told you I, I had to, when my mom was hospitalized in February, I couldn't, I had to stop a few things. And one of those things that uh, I stopped was the email, but the daily email that I sent to my list on 360 days of heaven and earth. And I'm going to resume that. It's just, lovely. it's just not in my bandwidth. You know, it, it feels Understood. forced. At, at this point, um, but this, I was so excited to interview you because that was my, the kick in the butt for me to, okay, <laughs> get back on it, you know? So what else can we do? Well, what we can do is we can talk about some of the examples. Mm -hmm. So there's a woman in Hawaii who has put her definition of heaven on earth at the end of every email that she sends out. There's a police officer in Texas who's written a 16-page manual called Heaven on Earth for Law Enforcement. There's a real estate agent who's created a program called A Home for Everyone, where $100 is taken off every commission check of every agent in her office, put into a pot to a maximum of $1,200 per year per person. They've created this program called A Home for Everyone. Last I spoke to her, they've raised over $400,000 wow. from something that's impossible to a woman who was so upset about violence against women. And she was <clears throat> on a webinar that I was doing really upset and angry. And I've been to the police. I've been to the government. Nothing. What would you do? And I said, yeah, well, I don't know your financial situation, Susan. So she, that one of the women on the, on the phone called Diane said, wait a minute. What if everybody in your county donated a penny a day to help end violence against women? And she went, oh my God, they started a program called Making Change, in which they handed out a little jar with a picture of a woman, half her face bruised, beaten up, half her face bright, alive with the light coming out, and asked people to donate a penny a day or more for an entire year. You couldn't put in $3.65 and say, okay, that's it. No, 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 no. A penny, a penny, a penny. They raised in her county, the county next door, $2,500. This is in Canada. They took it to the government of Canada who gave them $100,000 for each of the subsequent three years. Wow. From a penny a day, what difference would it make? But she started to a woman in, in uh, Austria whose Heaven on Earth project is Austria is a heaven on earth nation. And when I asked her that, well, like, why do you say that? Because it was like, whoa. She said, well, because it's simple. And she was the one, Elizabeth, who taught me that I don't know what your simple is, but you know what it is. When you discover your simple, you're off to the races. All the way up to a guy, Charles Chore, who is from the country of Gabon, Africa, now in Montreal, who wanted to do something for his continent. He's created a Facebook page called Africa a heaven on earth continent. Stunning. <laughs> wow. Uh, a newspaper in Dehradun, India, which has on its masthead every week, it's a, it's a weekly, in capital letters, Dehradun, a heaven on earth city, every week, every week, every week. A woman in Portugal, Susana Cavallo, who's created a heaven on earth in Portuguese website for the 270 million Portuguese speakers in the world. So the creativity is incredible. Once people discover, I do know what heaven on earth is, and I know what my contribution can be. So it's not me imposing it on you. It's me evoking it from you because I know that you know. 
I know that you know. Oh my God. And when we have that brutal honesty, oh my God, it can really shift the trajectory of how we're being and how we're stepping into that divine service, that higher contribution, the difference we are here to make. And that's so amazing. And <laughs> I had to laugh at that woman because that's that's me right now. My mom's passing is not unrelated to what's going on right now. I'll just put it that way. So I, I, I am outraged on a personal level, just like what you said earlier, get out of the overwhelm. This is not about you. But you know, I have, I also have to honor my own humanity. Otherwise, I will just build in all this resentment, all this anger and all that. So how do I process that? How do I be human? And at the same time, stand for Project Heaven on Earth. And here's my commitment to you. I am going to finish your book. I, I I brought it here to Nebraska with the intention of reading it, and now is the perfect time to get back to it. So, now, yeah. Yeah, so let me just do a little plug for this. So did we look at the title? What's the title? Project Heaven on Earth. Now, there's another title in that test. It's also Project Heaven on Earth. Ooh, I love that. Oh, that's that's exactly what I was doing with my 365-day email. You were. You're projecting heaven on earth so that we're working on this project, heaven on earth. And so this is on Amazon around the world. I'm asking you to buy three copies. Okay. Why three? One for you, mm-hmm. one for somebody in your life right now that you know needs this. So who is that person? Mm-hmm. Think of who that person is. and one for somebody who will be coming into your life for whom this book will be perfecto. It's not a book that you read like, I don't want you just to get the idea of heaven on earth, which is wonderful. I'd like more than that. So by the time you finish this book, you'll know what your heaven on earth project is, what your simple action is. We'll start with the three questions like what I asked you now. And then we'll go through what I call the seven different gateways. There's inner gateways, there are outer gateways. Because in, in terms of asking these three questions over and over again, I began to see these gateways tests that kept coming up over and over. There's, there's, there were patterns, repeating patterns. And I thought, that's it. There are, there are describable gateways into heaven on earth. It's a book. So each gateway is different. Each, mm-hmm. We enter each gateway through a different methodology because each gateway has its own kind of life. And there are quotes, there are inspirational quotes, there are examples. Um, I have a whole chapter on uh, what the faith traditions say, 14 different faiths from A to Z, Z, talking about what heaven on earth is for them. Different faiths. Wow. Different faiths. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And you can sign up for my heaven on earth free course on projectheavenonearth.com. And you said it's a free course. It's a free course, and you'll get a free blog after that every week. I, so I'll come at heaven and earth from all these different perspectives. This week from here, this week from there. I mm-hmm. want to normalize in you heaven on earth. Exactly what you're doing, Tess. It's exactly what's going on. The more you use the term, the more you look for it, the more you provide evidence and proof of it, the more, the excuse the language, the realer it becomes for you. That's the whole intention here. Yeah, you know, I am so outraged by the normalizing going on in the world right now, normalizing censorship, normalizing pedophilia, normalizing, uh, you know, uh, just giving our power away. But what I love about your saying is a whole shift, like, whew, um, normalizing heaven on earth. I love that. I am 
a hundred percent, a thousand percent behind that project. Yay, amazing. I know I feel that from you. Thank you. And there was a woman, her first name is Lakita, and I have we're setting up a time. So she's also writing about this, and she said, We have the spiritual authority to create heaven on earth. Her name is Lakita L-E-Q-U-I-T-A Sharak, S-H-A-R-R-O-C-K. We have the spiritual authority to create heaven on earth. And I, I do believe that. I do believe that the, the creator and you and I and everyone is one. We are just unique, individuated expression of the one. But what, what was the context that she wrote that? Oh, because I, I subscribed to Google Alert, which is a free service from Google. And I put in the phrase heaven on earth. And so every day I get an update of where the phrase heaven on earth has occurred in English language all around the world. You can sign up to it's free. Just go to Google Alert and put in the phrase heaven on earth or put in your name, your company, anything you want. And it searches every day and then send you. And so I get these reports every day of people who are doing something about or saying something about heaven on earth. And usually once every couple of days, there's somebody I go, oh, that's somebody of interest. And I write them. And there's a woman who uh, wrote a song called Heaven on Earth. I just interviewed her yesterday. That'll be on the blog post in a couple of weeks. There was a woman who wrote a lovely blog about the Appalachian Trail and how that was heaven on earth for her. So I got her permission. That was last Sunday's blog. All these blogs are on also on projectheavenonearth.com. You can look at the history of blogs. Oh, wow. Well, when I'm not coaching, I'm well, before the pandemic, I was also a karaoke host. And one of the songs that I sing for opening is uh, Linda Carlisle. Carlisle. Who knew heaven was a place on earth? Yeah. Oh, my God. And and that's those are just the things that I do on, on a personal level for me to uplift to that that place because it's not a physical place right it's not a physical place it's it's a knowing uh deep down inside us that yeah heaven is here right now it, it, it is and then and what we are doing with that knowing is beginning to co-create more of that to come into our existence our physical reality as you said yeah i remember seeing the movie gravity i don't know if you saw it but no. it's about this spaceship and they have trouble and and it gets resolved but they're in space looking down on Earth. And all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute, is, is Earth the only place that's not heaven? <laughs> what? <laughs> well, We're all, it's all in heaven. Where else could it be? Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is such a yummy, yummy subject for me. We're doing this. We're creating, co-creating this as we speak, bringing heaven on Earth. I love it. And is there any other things you want to share, Martin? No, just Tess, thank you. I feel your enthusiasm. I feel your co-creator with me about heaven on earth. And it's just, you know, I feel you standing beside me and us doing this together. And that's a lovely feeling, Tess. I mean, you it's like we've known each other forever. You know, no, it's, it's, I could it's cry. Good, I could good, cry. It's, it's good to see you again, even though we've never seen each other. Yeah, it, it's, it's the soul to soul connection, isn't it? It's um, totally. all my life, all my life. I question why am I, I am here. And in my younger days, seven, eight, nine, ten, I, you know, when there's chaos in my world, I would ask God, you know, take me back. <laughs> Why did you send me here? I prefer being there with you in heaven. And so 
forgot all about that, raised my kids, and they were my heaven for the longest time. I could do everything thinking of my children. There was nothing that could stop me. And then they grew up and they went, mom, bye, I'm gonna sleep over. <laughs> and then my whole world collapsed. And then I was back to that little child praying to God. Then why am, what am I doing here? I'm done, I already raised those children. And then, you know, I still wasn't getting my answer. And then one time doing a workshop, I was showing a process of going to deep seven layers of why, you know? Then why? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why? Well then, so I can die and go back to heaven and boom, it hit me. You are such a liar. You teach people that God and you are one and the same, that God is here right now in your heart. Why do you have to die? And I'm like, oh my God, I don't have to die to go to heaven. And that was it. From then on, no one, no matter what people say to me, I'm just going to leave my heaven. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> and to meet people like you who's already doing the work, it feels like, oh my God, I'm home. Oh my God, there are other people like me. And now this belonging, you know, you search all your life for belonging. And then I meet people like you and Terry and everyone else in growing in surrounding me right now. It's, it's huge and it only anchors in that heaven is possible and heaven is here. Right? Tess, thank, thank you, you so much. really. I, I'm just, this is wonderful. This is wonderful, wonderful. I, I have no words to just, you, you've taken me to a new level. Uh, you know, I think a lot of my life in this work has been alone and now I'm starting to see it you know, others are joining and it's like every time somebody else joins, it's like, oh my God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. It gives me more strength and yeah. it, it just gives me, it gives me a great deal of soul pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank, so you, thank for, you for your work. And thank you. Yeah. Again, I'm going to reiterate my commitment to finish your book in honor of my mom who is in heaven now and, and bringing... Amen more of her spirit, the radiance of Rose here on earth. Thank you so much. Such a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so hopefully our listeners uh, enjoyed that. <laughs> we started a little controversial and then we got into the soul of it, which is beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Tess. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind, take back your voice, take back your soul, take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.